Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Rhonda and I was coming out of a restaurant and when we were walking out of the restaurant I, I there was a some couples there that were standing around and I overheard their conversation because I was listening in okay I was being a creeper or whatever but yeah listening in and, and they were talking about the return of Christ and they were using terms like the word rapture and so forth and it was it was I wanted to say oh I want to get in on this but I just sort of you know just passed by slowly to hear what they were saying because they heard the I heard those words and that is happening you know years ago people used to talk about that all the time matter of fact those of you that have a church background I would say that when you went to church when you were little a lot of the songs that were saying were about uh, Jesus returning anybody remember that I mean like it was always Jesus coming back like I remember one they would sing Jesus is coming soon morning or night or noon then the men would say many will meet their doom and the women would say and the trumpet shall surely sound <laughs> just like that you know yeah so, but we, we sing songs like that all the time. I mean, you know, and everybody gets so happy. We talk about, because our, back then the focus was, this is not it. But something's happened and our culture is like, we've shifted, even in, our, in the church world, we shifted to more like talking about life here instead of life there. And I think that we have to have a balance. And so, but I want to read again, readjust your focus. You know, like if you're looking through binoculars, you got to adjust the focus. I want to, or camera, adjust the focus. I want to adjust your focus today. And I want to remind you that I do believe that we are living in the beginnings of the end times. I, I do believe that with everything in me. I don't know how that you can read the Bible and not really believe that now uh, as we're seeing these signs. So today, I wanted to go to the words of Jesus because he talks about the end times. And again, I am not... It, if you're a believer, you don't have to be afraid of anything. So we're not here to try to scare you. Like I remember the pastors when I was coming up, they would talk about Jesus coming to scare the devil out of you. Like, I mean, like they were like, he's coming. He might, could be 10 minutes from now. Could be 45, could be three seconds now. Are you going to be here? Are you going to be left behind? It's like, no, <laughs> come to the altar. I'm going. I can't tell you how many times I went to the altar. Oh, Jesus, don't leave me. Don't leave me here, you know. And so I don't want to do that, but I want to make you aware because Jesus said this, and, and we're going to go through Matthew 24 today, and he talked about that, what to do while living in the end times because that's where we are. We're living in it. So what do you do? And there's four things I want to share with you today that I think will be beneficial and helpful to you uh, as we navigate the, the, the seasons that we're in, the times that we're in. And so the first thing is this I'd like to share with you is, is 
what to do in the end times. Number one, you might want to write this down, is this, is watch out for deception. Watch out for deception. Jesus said this, again, you know, sometimes people think it's me, but it's the Bible. God says this, okay, I'm, I'm just a messenger, but look what Jesus says. Jesus answered, he said, watch out that no one deceive you. I would say that's a lesson for everybody. Please make sure that you're not deceived and you have to watch out. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and what? What will he do? Deceive many. Have you ever been deceived before? I'm not talking about just lied to, but I'm talking about deceived. When I was 14 years old, this is what came to my mind. When I was 14 years old, me and a couple cousins were walking through a grocery store and I had a big jacket on and my cousin reached over to the shelf and grabbed a, a box of bazooka bubble gum, okay? So some of you have to Google what that looks like, but uh, bazooka bubble gum. And uh, he handed him, he said, hey, he said, uh, put this in your pocket. Said, I'm not stealing anything, no, sir. He said, no, 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 you're not. It's me. I'm going to get it. But put it in your pocket, hold it for me, all right? And so I put that in my, inside of my coat pocket, walked out of the store with them, and he said, hey, give me my bubble gum. I reached in my pocket and said, here you go. It's yours, not mine. Dumb, 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 right? I, as I look back on it, how could I be so dumb? But I knew that, I was, I knew that stealing was wrong because I said I wasn't going to do it. But somehow he had deceived me into thinking that because I was, it was him that was actually stealing it, not me. But listen, if we would have got busted on the way out the door, who do you think would have ended up in, in like jail? <laughs> me. I was deceived. I can't believe it how dumb I was because I was deceived. It was like, I knew the truth. I knew the truth. I knew it wasn't right. But because he said, this is mine and not yours, so it's okay. See how the devil does that? I mean, like, okay, this is, it's, it's me. It's not you, but you go ahead and do it. It's me. I'll take the blame or it's mine. And that's just the way that he works. And Jesus warns us again about deception. The devil is the king of deceiving. Look what he said, Revelation 12 and 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Would you read with me what's underlined? Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Who deceives the whole world. That's his job is to deceive us. In other words, we know that it's not right, but somehow tell us something to make us feel like it is right. You see what I'm talking about? Always tell us something. How, how, does, how does someone walk into massage parlors and blow innocent people away unless they're deceived? That person was deceived. When somebody does something like that, they have believed a lie of the enemy that, that's been deep within their soul. They have believed a lie. They've been deceived. And I just want to say, we have to be careful. You say, you know, that I would never do that. Oh, you got to be careful or you will. I would never steal. I was like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I would never do that. But all of a sudden, I was deceived and I did what I said I'd never do. And we have to be very, very careful that we are not deceived. I was uh, talking about deception. Rhonda and I were uh, in a Lowe's. And I was, you know, again, you got to keep your distance now and so forth. So I was standing back, but I noticed that there was a, <clears throat> a lady and her son that stepped up to the cashier and they were talking. And, uh, and so anyways, I heard a little bit of the conversation, not much, a little bit. Man, you think I really am a creeper now, right? <laughs> Dang tune with people that's right you better watch what you're saying because I'm listening that's right forget big brother it's me 
<laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I sound like a creeper, that's right. So I step up to the counter and the lady asked me, said, sir, are you in the military? I get that question all the time. I guess it's the haircut. <laughs> I don't know, are you in the military? I said, ma'am, I'm in the Lord's army. She said, me too, but that won't get you a discount. <laughs> but she said to me, she said, me too. But she said, did you see that couple in front of me? You're like, oh, what couple? I'm, you know, that lady and that little boy. What you know, lady? Oh, yeah, 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 I did. I've seen them going out. <laughs> she said, you know, I told that mom, I said, you, I said, you tell that, you tell that son, you a man, son, you a man. She said, you tell your son, he's a man. You make sure he knows he's a man. And what she was trying to say was this. It was her responsibility to, to speak into that, yes. that to not be deceived. Amen, everybody? Amen. Because what I understand is this, is parents and grandparents, listen. We, well, the word parent is, comes from Latin. It means to bring forth. You've got to bring out of your children what's in there, the good that's in them. Amen? God's got a lot of good in there, and we have to bring it out. And she was saying that, that's what she was telling that mom, is bring forth that good. Let that child know who they're called to be and who they are and bring it out. Because we, we, the devil would deceive us, amen? amen. And he would deceive our, he deceives our culture. Bad. I was speaking with a, a lady in our church this week, and she was telling me how that uh, in her, you know, when she was younger, she had a same-sex relationship. She's like, you know, I was hurt by men, and I thought, well, you know, maybe only women can love me. And she said, I was deceived by that. And she said, the only thing that brought me out of that was that I opened up the Bible. She says, for whatever reason, I opened up the Bible and I started reading the Bible. And I realized that God, number one, was, was against that. And then secondly, I realized that, you know, God's love for me is what could break that deception. And it broke that deception. And she said, it changed my life. It was God's word because guess what? God, God's word is truth, everybody. Amen. And when the devil, the devil hates the Bible, you understand that? The devil hates the Bible. Why? Because as soon as you begin to read it, it reads you and it speaks truth into your life. And it, and it reveals the deception that, that we're being told. Amen, everybody? That's right. I, I love the Bible. God said, I'm going to put it in writing so that you would have it. He didn't just speak it to me and he had him write it down so that we would have it. And it does not change. Even though culture changes, it doesn't change. God's word does not change. And so the second thing I would tell you is this, is don't be alarmed. When we're, when we're living in the end times, Jesus said, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Matthew 24 and 6 says this, Jesus speaking here, you will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not what? Alarmed. alarmed. Okay, listen, don't get alarmed, Christians. Don't be alarmed. These things are, we know they're coming, okay? This should not catch us by surprise. We know they're coming. He says, such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Have we seen that a lot in the last five years? All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Now, if you don't know what that is, listen, just talk to a mother. She will tell you. Like Rhonda, I had to, when Rhonda started expecting our son, our, our first child, you know, we knew nothing. And all of a sudden, when she's about six or seven months, she starts having these pains. I'm like, oh, no, the baby can't come now. No, 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 no. But what we understood those were Braxton Hicks contractions, that they happen along the way. And it's sort of just there to freak you out a little bit. I don't know. 
but, but anyways, we knew that it wouldn't be long. And then, of course, the closer that she got to coming, you know, those contractions got closer. Uh, and, and so the baby comes. So you know that those birth pains are going to happen. And as we're seeing all this stuff happening around us, Jesus is saying, it's just like the mother's having the child. You're having these, these contractions are happening. It's just to let you know that my coming soon. Amen? That's what it's to let you know. And he goes on and says this. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. And I just want to tell you that we're seeing that today, that the world, it, the world is anti-God right now. Or I should say our country is anti-God right now. I mean, it wants to get God out of everything, want to get rid of God. Let me tell you something. You can't get rid of God. See, they, if you, that's the way you change a society is that you've got to get rid of God first because the people believe in God, they're always going to be free. Amen. No, no matter what, there's always going to be the sense of freedom because the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. And, and how, can, how can you beat a person when they, they say, listen, you shoot me dead, I'm going to be with him, but you don't scare me. Amen. See, see you, cannot, you cannot control a person who has God within them because he is their source of strength. He is their life. He is their hope. He's their joy. He's it. And so really you can't, take, you can't use any threat to hold them back because they're free in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I just want to share that with you. And just to say this, those of you that are younger today, you think, oh, I don't want Jesus to come because I want to get married and I want to have children and I want to live this life. Listen, I understand it. I thought the same thing too when I was a teenager. But let me just want to tell you what I, I didn't know. You know, that preacher's back there talking to me like, you're going to go to hell, boy. And I said, if Jesus comes, I'm going to leave you behind. And I said, well, don't, don't leave me behind. Jesus, help me to alter. He didn't tell me this other stuff. The other stuff is this, is that if you think about your best day that you've ever had living, the best day you've ever had, and you can magnify that time a million times, that's exactly what's going to happen the moment that Jesus comes, is that you're going to be so alive and so free and so good. And there's so much more good stuff on the other side that the Bible says that there's not enough words to write it down and minds can't conceive what God has prepared for us that love him. Amen? Amen. It's going to be good stuff. So don't, don't feel like, oh, I'm going, to be, I'm going to miss out if Jesus comes. No, 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 no. It's going to be so much better there. So much better. And the other thing I would share with you is this. Listen, if you're a Christ follower, this world is as worse as it gets. It only gets better. But if you're not a Christ follower, I would just tell you this. This is, this is as good as it gets. Because that's why you need to be a Christ follower. Follow Jesus. Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, I love it. Because here's why it tells us what's coming and we're seeing all of that being revealed now It was revealed about almost uh, 2,000 years ago to a guy by the name of John Jesus revealed him what the end times are gonna be he wrote it down in the book of Revelation And so we have that and listen the next to the last verse after everything's been written down and Jesus has shown him all this stuff And Jesus says this in Revelation 22 and 20 Jesus said and said, Jesus said, I'm coming again. I'm coming. Yes, I'm coming soon. Then the revelator, John, who was writing this down, said, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. After seeing all that's going to take place, all the bad stuff that Pastor Chris talked to you about last week, after all that takes place, he sees that we're going to be in heaven with God. And let me just tell you something. We're not just going to live in heaven forever and float on a crowd, cloud and drink a pina colada. 
play a little, you know, play a little harps and like, you know, we're not going to, no, 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 no. That's hell, man. I'm telling you what, if I had to do that, that'd be hell. I wouldn't be heaven. No, no, no. We're going to, we're going to come back to this earth. You know that? It's, the earth is going to be renewed. And if you can think of living here without any sin, that's the way it's going to be. So listen, we got work to do here and there, right? I mean, it's going to be wonderful. We get a new heaven and a new earth and we get to live on a new earth with no sin, no bad attitudes, no, no back talk, no negative social media. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. The third thing I'll share with you is this. What to do while we're waiting or we're living in the end times is this, is turn to God and return to church. Turn to God and return to church. Notice what Jesus says will happen in the last days. This is what he says. He says, at that time, many will turn away from the faith. He's talking about the church, people that say they're Christians. Will turn away from the faith and look and will betray and hate each other. You know, that's the number one tactic that the devil is trying to do right now is try to divide the church. He's trying to divide us. He'll do everything. All these things that we've been through this year is to divide us. Well, I don't agree with you that. I don't agree with you that. And he'll just try to get us on the social issues to divide us. But let me tell you something. We stay on the biblical issues to unite us. Amen? And so that's the only thing. Listen, Jesus is the only way. We are one nation under God. That's it. And so I just want to tell you that that's what he does. He says, and betray each other and many false prophets will appear. You know what a false prophet is? It's someone who says something about the future that doesn't come true, that isn't true. You know what many false prophets is? It could be a politician. Isn't that true? Don't we, at every election, every politician, oh, you elect me. You elect me, and you're never going to have a bad day again. Matter of fact, I'm going to have Krispy Kreme donuts for you every night. You know what I'm saying? They've promised you all this stuff. You're going to have all this, and it's going to be so good, and we're going to do this. And they do nothing. They're false prophets. But look what the Bible says. It says, they appear deceiving many people. Man, you've got to be careful that we're not deceived by people that are making promises that only God can do. Listen, no matter what they vote on, it will never make you happy. Only Jesus can bring joy to the soul. Amen. Jesus brings soul. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That bothers me. That bothers me. Because we're, you know, we've seen through this pandemic, stats have told us that about anywhere from 10 to 15% of the people that left church during the pandemic will not be back. And that bothers me. And it should bother you as well. See, what the devil learned through the pandemic was this, that we don't do good with long-term relationships. I mean, uh, long-distance relationships. Have you ever seen that? Like, I mean, like Rhonda and I used to work camps a lot, youth camps, you know, Christian youth camps. And we would see these teenagers, you know, meet together. You know, they would meet up and, and they'd become boyfriend and girlfriend the week of camp. I mean, they were like Mr. and Miss Youth Camp. Oh, you know, we're going to get married one day. Oh, yes, we just made, I met my match right here. We're going we're gonna to get married. Well, you know, that's good for about three weeks. Then they go back home to their own places, you know, and then they go back home and, and then all of a sudden they don't see each other anymore. And the phone calls and the text messages and the FaceTime stop. And all of a sudden they don't, they're there. College, 
You know, you know, 75% of the people that are in college have had a long-distance relationship. Long-distance relationship. And they say the same thing. You know, I've seen it here at our church. You know, these couples, they meet together. It's so teenagers. It's so sweet. We're going to get married. And then they go to college in different states. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the first couple months, they're FaceTiming each other. Oh, I love you. Sweet, 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 I love you. You know, and then after the first couple of months, then all of a sudden they're texting and the texts aren't getting returned as fast and all of a sudden it doesn't work. Matter of fact, only 2% of those relationships work. That's it. Why? Because we don't do good with long distance relationships, do we? No matter if we got FaceTime or whatever else we got, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't work because there's something about our presence that's needed, isn't there? There's something about that we need each other. We need a presence. We need to see each other. We need to be around each other. And that's what's happened with the church is that so many people have got used to that, that long-distance relationship. They're only viewing it through a lens of a camera, and somehow we've gotten separated from the presence of people. Amen? We need the presence of people. And I thank God for media because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't, what would we have done through COVID, right? But there's some that's gotten used to that long-distance relationship, and it's getting less and less and less, and they're falling away. And let me just say this. Oh, my goodness. Hebrews 10.25 says this. Look what it says. He says, let us not give up the habit. Everybody say habit. habit. That's what it is. Don't let us give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see that the day of the Lord is what? Coming nearer. In other words, the more that you see these signs that Jesus says, the more you need to find a reason to get together with the church you need that support because things get a little rocky toward the end and we need each other so that you won't be deceived by all the things that the enemy's saying and, and doing and get caught up in the wrong things. See, it's great to be a warrior, but if you're war warring for the wrong things, then it's no good. Best, let's war for the kingdom of God. Amen? Right. Amen. And so we need the body of Christ. We need the body of Christ. And I would say this, the younger the person, the younger the relationship, I should say, the harder it is in long-distance relationships. And I've watched, you know, I've watched our children suffer. Like our children, they, they, you know, right now, some of some of kids are crying, Mom, Dad, take me to church, take me to church, take me to church. When they're younger, you know, we're not going today, baby. No, we're not going to go. Oh, I want to go to church, Mom. No, we're not going today. And you see, the day comes when they become a teenager. And all of a sudden, they start doing all this crazy stuff, and they go crazy. I mean, like, they freak out, and you flip out. And then all of a sudden, this is when I get, hey, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Jeff, come to my house and cast a demon out of this child. <laughs> Pastor Chesney, Pastor Chris, you know, Pastor Brandon, come, come help us out. So can you talk to my child? No, 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 we were trying to talk to them when they were little. See what I'm talking about? And, I, and, and listen, the reason I'm telling you is because I've seen it repeated so many times. Of, uh, 26 years, Ron and I will be here 26 years in a couple of weeks. We have that anniversary coming up. And I've seen it repeated over and over again is that people come to me after their kids got out there and doing all this crazy stuff. And they're like, you know, please get them back in church. Please get them. I'm like, listen, they were begging you. They were begging you. And so don't let that be, don't that happen to you. Keep your kids in church. And, you know, somebody said, well, we're watching it online. And, like, you might watch it Tuesday night or you might watch it or listen to it on Wednesday riding to work. But your kids don't get to do that. Yeah. And so I just want to encourage you. See, listen, 
after your kids' dreams of ball is over, after their dreams of baseball is over, after their dreams of softball is over, and after they realize they didn't make it to the major leagues, okay? And, and after they didn't make it in, in gymnastics to the Olympics, and after that didn't happen, they need somewhere to return to that's a steady in their life. That one, And that needs to be the house of God, amen? And I, listen, I'm not, again, extracurricular uh, activities. I am for it. I think it's good. But just don't let it replace God's place, amen? Don't let it replace God. Don't let it become God in your house. Remember that as long as you live, because the world is the deceiver. The devil is a deceiver. He wants to deceive our children. So, okay, the last thing I'll say is this. Number four is be a part of the last day revival. Be a part of the last day revival. Jesus says this in Matthew 24. He says, but he who stands firm till the end will be what? Will be saved. Those who stand firm to the end. Not the ones that start the race, it's the ones that finish the race. He goes on and says this, as this gospel of the kingdom will be preached, notice that, the gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. The end doesn't come until the gospel is preached in all the world. I was at a conference in, uh, with Rick Warren, who's a pastor who wrote the books, The Purpose Driven Church. And he was telling us about three years ago that how there's a mission on now for them to sending all their missionaries to the unreached people group that they could, that they could know the gospel. Uh, the Uversion Bible has been translated now almost into every language. I think they're saying by the year, the projection year uh, 2035, that just about every language in the world will have access to the gospel through Uversion Bible. Isn't that amazing, everybody? We're in revival right now. There's a revival going on around the world. Matter of fact, out of 196 nations, uh, all of those are having revival right now with the exception of 20 nations are having revival that the gospel of Jesus Christ is growing three times faster than the population in all those countries. And there's only 20 that's not. And America's one of those 20 that is not. And so we got to step up our game a little bit. Amen. And I'm telling you, this revival is happening, and, and God is doing a work right now. Like, people have been, matter of fact, you're here today because you realize that every time that you come to church, you go, there's a risk factor involved, and you weighed the risk out, and you said, you know, it's worth it. I'm going to go. So you're not here just by happenstance. You say, well, maybe, no, you had to think it through. Am I going to take the risk to go? And so you've made the risk. You've calculated all the risk. You said, it's worth it to be in the house of God. And, and, you, and so revival is beginning to happen because not everybody's sitting on the sideline. Everybody's counting the risk and saying, no, I'm in it with Jesus, and I, I'm going to stand with Jesus. I'm going to take my chances with Jesus. That spirit is beginning to sweep across uh, the world and, and it's beginning to infiltrate the, uh, our, our people here in America again. And listen, you, you keep hearing me say, I, I talk about growth track all the time. You hear me say, growth track, growth track. Why? Why do I do that? Because I want to give you the opportunity to be a part of the revival. So you can stand on the sidelines and say, well, I don't think things are ever going to change. All right, you can say, God, use me. Here I am. Use me, Lord. Here's my hands. Here's my feet. Use me, Lord. I'm available. Amen. And see, revival, revival doesn't happen with people that, that, that are just on the sidelines. It happens with people that get in the game. And so I want to challenge you. God wants to use our church to bring revival to our community. Amen. And so I want to invite you to go to Growth Track. Growth Track where you, we help you figure out where's your part in this thing. How can you begin to use your hands and your feet and your voice to be a part of this? 
And so you find out about SEC and what we're about. So I want to challenge you right now on your connection card, that little card that you have right now. We want everybody to fill one of these out. But on the back, just check the box. Send me information about Growth Track. Now this next verse excites me because it gives us hope. You see, right after Jesus had ascended to heaven, I mean, like right after he, he's like, he said, I'm going to come back in like manner. I don't know if you ever think about this or not, but the Bible says he ascended to heaven. Like, like when he went up, it wasn't like he's gone. No, he, he ascended. It's like you watch a hot air balloon go up in the air, you know, with healing. He, he's, he's ascended. And so I don't know if that's the way it's going to be when we come or not. He said, I'll come back in like manner. I don't know if we're going to slowly go up or not. I don't know how it's going to happen. But what I do know is this. He said, right after he come, he just ascended to heaven. Then this is what happened. This is what he said. Look what it says about it. Or they said, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on who? All, All people. Every person is going to have the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Not false prophets, but be real prophets. That means they're going to begin to speak of the future, things that's going to happen. God's going to inspire our young people like never before. They're going to begin to, to see things in their heart, and they're going to begin to say things, the things of God like never before. It's going to happen. He says this. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I want you to know that's going to happen is that right now I'm beginning to hear parents talk about, hey, my seven-year-old is talking about these dreams that they're having and their spiritual dreams. And why is that happening? Because God is pouring his spirit out on our sons and our daughters. He's beginning to revive hearts. And some people are saying, man, I thought I had a nightmare because of this, what I saw in my dream. No, no, no. It was God speaking to you to say, hey, it's time to wake up and it's time to begin to share this message of Jesus Christ to make sure that the world knows and that the world is ready for his return. Amen, everybody? There's a revival that's going on in the world. It is sweeping across the world right now. And just because it seems like America has pulled back, let me tell you something. God is not just strapped to America. No, God is a God of the world. He's a global God. Amen? It's amazing. I remember hearing pastors talk in the 70s and 80s how there'd be a day that when God would begin to send, uh, begin to send missionaries to America to help reach Americans. We're here today. That's where it's at. But I want you to know this. This revival is taking place. In the 1960s, we got to a place of where we are right now to where, man, it was, it was look, darkness everywhere. There was violence in the streets. It was horrible in our country. It was bad. Matter of fact, it was so bad that Time Magazine posted this cover in 1966 on April the 8th, this cover with a question on it, is God dead? That was a question that was going around in 1966 because things were so bad. Is God dead? Where is God? And I think that many, time, many of us right now are asking that question. Where are you, God? Why is this happening? There's so much evil in the world. But I want to tell you that didn't end the story right there because people will begin to pray like we are. We're praying like never before. I don't know about you, but I'm praying more than I ever have. How about you? I mean, we're praying. We're saying, God, we need you. And because that happened in that generation, in that time, then in 1971, we seen that Time Magazine had to change their cover again in June 21st, 1971 to this. It was called the Jesus Revolution. Amen? Because Jesus began to move on lives and there became a great revival that swept across our country and it changed lives. That was in 1971. And, and part of that revolution, my dad in 1973 gave his life to Jesus Christ and he, he became a follower of Jesus in that revolution. And because, 
And because my dad gave his life to Jesus Christ in 1973, I, little did we know in 1983 I would give my life to Jesus Christ because the revolution that was began. Hey Amen. God is about to do something. And so the question is, are we willing, are we ready right now to say, God, use me, Lord. I want to be a part of the last day revival. I want, I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to sit back. No, I'm stepping up to say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm here. Use my voice, my hands, my feet. Use me, oh God. Amen. That's when revival comes. He said, I'm not going to be quiet anymore. People are asking me, Pastor, you're saying things we never heard you say before. And we're hearing pastors and churches and Christians begin to st start talking about where we're drawing the line in the sand. Why? Because, see, we've been pushed into a corner and we can't give any more ground anymore. And the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And what the church has done right now is I see the church is saying, no, we're not going any further. This is it. Here's the line in the sand, but we're going to stand for the truth of God's word. And God's word is his word. Amen. And we're going to live by See, I believe, I believe this Easter is going to be a resurrection, sun, resurrection time. I believe that things are going to come alive in people this Easter that never before. It's not going to be a go through the motions kind of Easter where we go and we say, okay, went to church and we're going to grandma's house to have a meal. No, 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 no. This time I believe that God's going to do a resurrection in the hearts of people and our young people like never before and our young adults like never before and our middle-aged adults like never before and our senior adults like never before because we're hungry. We say, God, we need you. Amen, everybody? Yes. See? You get to be a part of that. That's why we're saying, listen, go ahead and invite someone. This week I was at the gym, you know, and I've been wearing my, I've been wearing my shirt, man. I've been doing what I ask you to do. You know, I'm one of those guys, one of those pastors that believe that I shouldn't ask you to do it if I'm not gonna do it myself. So I've been wearing my t-shirt that says, you know, I am a Christian, ask me why. I'm a Christian, ask me why. I'm trying to, you know, walk across my gym, make sure everybody can read my shirt. You know, I don't want no wrinkles in it. Nobody asked me. I've been wearing it a couple weeks and nobody asked me. And finally, the other day when uh, Rhonda and I took some of our staff kids to Stone Mountain and I was going into the restroom, coming back out and there's a group of young ladies that says, why are you a Christian? Sort of startled me just a second. I didn't know what they were talking about. I forgot I had the shirt on. <laughs> why are you a Christian? And I just kept walking, Rhonda, she heard them, she said, Jeff, they just ask you, why are you a Christian? I said, oh, oh, excuse me. I said, you know, I'm a Christian because tonight I'm gonna lay my head at peace, my, pillow, my head on my pillow with peace, knowing that if something happens tonight, if I, don't, if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm gonna wake up in heaven with God. I have a peace because I'm a Christian because I have a joy in my soul that the world didn't give and the world can't take it away. I am, a Christian be I am a Christian because I have hope for tomorrow. I believe things can change in a moment, an instant with Almighty God. I am a Christian because he's been the joy of my life. He's saved me. He's done miracles in my life. He's proven himself to me, and I love him back. And I'm a Christian because he's proven who he is. He is who he says he is. Amen? But the gym, I've been wearing that shirt. Nobody. I'm like, ask me. Because I want to walk in here and tell you that somebody asked me, why are you a Christian? And I said, because Jesus is my Savior and he wants to be yours too. And I want to lead them to Jesus right there in the gym. I want to be able to come in here and tell you, this week I led so-and-so to Jesus in the gym. And hallelujah to God. But it didn't happen. So this week I took my little card. 
my little card, I stuck it in my pocket while I worked out. When I got ready to go, I seen this person up there and I said, hey, we got this Easter service coming. And this card says, hey, I said, hey, it says come and check us out. I'm not asking you out, it's about Easter service. And you know what they said? Thank you for sharing that with me. Today, I wanna to say this, if you're not a Christ follower today, today's the day that you say yes. Just say yes, I want to say yes to Jesus. If you're watching online, if you're in this room, and there's many of you in this room, there's many of you watching online that, you know what, if Jesus, if that trumpet were to sound right now, you don't know. Do not leave here that way. Leave with that confidence and knowing that I am a Christ follower and I'm going to heaven. When that trumpet sounds, there's no doubt I'm leaving this place. Amen? Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus. Lord, people in this room right now, God, that need to settle that issue, they need to settle it. No longer are they going to wonder, but today, today, they're saying, dear Lord Jesus, come to my life and save me. And God, let me do your will, not my will anymore, not my will, not my will, not my will, your will to be done in my life. And forgive me of my sins. Amen. If that's you, the only thing I'm asking you to do today is just on that card that you got, just check it. And those of you that are watching online, check that card so that we can pray for you. There's one other thing I want to tell you that you need to do, and that's called baptism. Baptism is where you go public. You know, we don't make you walk down the front or whatever. But baptism is when you get in the pool and you say, you know what? I want everybody to know I made a decision to follow Jesus. And if you've not been baptized, we're doing that next week so you can, you can actually check the box. And then it, guess what? On the 18th of of April, I'm doing what's called rebaptism service. So if you want to be rebaptized like I was, then I'm going to be doing baptism all day on that day, all three services. So just, just write us a note and let us know that. I got a question for you. We're going to get out of here. Do you want to be a part of the last day revival? That's the question. Do you want to be a part of that? I mean, do you want God to use you? Do you want, do you want to be like, you know, God, here I am, Lord. Use me. I don't know what that means, but Lord, I'm willing. I'm available. And I want to see what you want to do. God, I want to open myself up to you. Just, you just do whatever you want to do in my life. If you want to be a part of that last day revival, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to stand in just a moment. Because if you can't stand up here, you're sure not going to stand up out there. Amen. And so today, if you say, Pastor Jeff, I want to go with you. I want to be a part of that last day revival. Why don't you stand right now? Come on, right now. Don't look to your right or left. You just make that decision. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Because today, today God is speaking to you. And you know what that means in your life. You know what needs to change. And you need to know what you need to do. You already begin to feel that. I want to pray over you. And they're going to come and sing this song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your son, Jesus, we commit ourselves, Lord, every person standing today, God, they've stood Lord, and they, and they said, Lord, I want to be a part of it. God, I'm asking you today that you would pour your spirit out on. Holy Spirit, don't, Lord, I'm asking you to just move in them in a greater way. Lord, Lord, I'm asking you to disturb their normal life. Oh, Lord, let them see you. Shake them up, oh, God. Lord, let them see you. Let, let them see the people around them that are needing you, oh, God. Use them, their hands and their feet, oh, God, their voice, oh, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would touch their lives in such a powerful way, oh, God, that people, when they come in 
contact with them, that they will know there's something different about them, oh God. And that, Lord, you would let them share their faith that Jesus is the Savior of the world and that he's the hope of today, he's the hope of tomorrow, and that Jesus is our answer. Lord, Lord, it's not about finances. It's not about another world leader. It's about a, not about another president. It's not about another governor. It's not about another mayor. It's not about another city council member. It's about you, Lord. Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. That's what it's all about, Lord. And so I pray that you let us share with those around us that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.